Hello and welcome to the EuroWhat, episode number 48 for the week of April 22nd, 2019. I'm Mike McComb and I'm joined today by Ben Smith. Hey Ben. Hey Mike. We are a pair of Americans trying to make sense of the Eurovision Song Contest. And this week, we'll be talking about the middle of the second semifinal. How's it going, Ben? Uh, it's good. It is a rainy Earth Day here in Boston. Uh, but we have we have so much to discuss. Yes, yes. It was a surprisingly full weekend. Uh, we've got parties going on everywhere and uh, yeah, just the Eurovision excitement building up. But before we get to that, I wanted to do some follow up from last week's episode. So we were talking with Lindsay last week about how Eurovision is not going to be airing on any US network, at least not at this time. Uh, nobody has indicated that they're going to be picking up the airing rights for that. And we talked about watching it if the YouTube geoblock was lifted or getting a VPN. There are other ways to watch the contest that are above board. You don't have to go into the dark web or anything like that. The one that we usually recommend is the Swedish feed. And then a listener in Berlin, Christopher, uh, let us know that the German feed uh, is also accessible from the US. Yeah. And like the, the second I saw that, I was like, oh, yeah, I went to a Eurovision party like probably like years ago at this point where we were watching the German feed. Yeah. So if anybody else knows of any other feeds, above board ones, not any like weird Reddit ones with lots of X's in the URL, just reach out to us on social media or through email and uh, let us know. And we are compiling all of that on a page on how to watch Eurovision in the US. And I want to thank Kathleen from Twitter, who was asking about this a couple weeks ago. This is something that we did last year about uh, trying to find like watch parties in the Mm -hmm. US. And various bars uh, will host watch parties, uh, different cultural centers, especially here in Chicago. There are uh, three or four cultural centers that host Eurovision watch parties. So if you know anything about any of those, uh, drop us a line so we can add that to our list. That would be awesome. So uh, thank you, Christopher. Thank you, Kathleen. These are great suggestions. And yeah, uh, that link will be on our homepage at eurowhat.com as this episode drops. One other follow-up that we had from last week, we sort of quickly mentioned that Interval Acts had been named while we were chatting with Lindsay, but we wanted to get to get to the songs, get to her thoughts on the songs. But now there's just the two of us. Let's mm-hmm. let's discuss all these sweet, sweet Interval Acts. Yes. So as is custom, last year's winner, Netta, will be opening up the first semifinal where she'll be performing both Toy and a new song that's dropping sometime this month. Dana International will be performing in semifinal one and also popping up at the grand final in some sort of fashion. And then also... Uh, we have been promised a daisy chain of Eurovision acts covering other Eurovision acts uh, with Conchita, Mons, Eleni, and Verka covering one another's songs and then coming together as one big group to perform Hallelujah, one of Israel's winning songs from the 70s. Uh, for... <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, some of those choices are interesting. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I was trying to remember. There was a contest. It was either 2012 or 2013 where they were doing like an ABBA medley. It was probably 2013 since Sweden was hosting that year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was ABBA medley. And I got the feeling that the recent winners who were part of that medley may have ducked out of the rehearsals early because it was not great. But uh, uh, what I am interested to see is uh, so Conchita posted a song recently where she looked very different. Mm-hmm. Well, they looked very different. Uh so that will be interesting. Yeah, because my understanding was Conchita uh, is, was is no done? more. Yeah, con- yeah. Conchita is uh, mort. Uh, so that's going to be a fun surprise. Yeah. yeah. Um. So uh, gird your loins. 
So for semifinal two, the Shelva Band will be performing. The Shelva Band were kind of like favored to win Israel's selection process. And then uh, we're having all sorts of difficulties regarding issues with potentially needing to perform on the Sabbath, which, you know, if is, is against, uh, you know, more Orthodox Jewish customs. That was a whole thing. Uh, and they ended up sadly dropping out, but then were given the chance to perform in one of the semifinals as an interval act because then they will be able to perform without violating that. But it also led to kind of a scramble for, okay, but then which of these other people that is not as favored is going to be our entry? And that's how we got Kobe Marimi. Yeah. Uh, we, will, we will get into that in a couple of weeks in when we talk weeks, about the auto qualifier. We will still have thoughts. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to their performance because uh, the videos that I saw uh, when they were on uh, Israel's version of Rising Star, like they're, they're pretty phenomenal. So, mm-hmm. uh, And then... In the grand final, we will have the Idan Reichel project, uh, which is going to be him and like 24 other musicians. And then eventually the all of the performing acts will join in that. So that could be interesting. Okay. Uh, that, that feels like very standard grand final sort of performance material, though, of let's have everybody together in a big global mashup thing. Yeah. And those work out to, to some level of success. Uh, and then one thing that I learned from pulling together this list of all of the various interval acts, and I think I, I probably missed a few, but like some of them are the things like when they do like a little ad break or a little cutaway, because there's a lot of time between everybody performing and the announcement of the results because of tabulation. Mm-hmm. But anyways, in, in looking at the slide deck for this, uh, notice that when they were talking about Madonna performing, they were still saying, yeah, we still have a few things to finalize. Uh, which that makes sense that there are two parties negotiating here who have different demands. Yeah, it's, it's sort of making me wonder if it's like when was it FIR, FYR Macedonia, uh, the for, the former former Yugoslav Republic of Macedonia, when uh, Black Street was performing with their entrant, and you kind of got the sense that uh, they found out about it maybe thirty seconds before someone hit send on that press release. <laughs> I'm I'm curious if that might be the same situation with Madonna. I don't know. Yeah, uh, we don't we don't yeah. know. Uh, but yeah, things are being discussed. It's probably most of the way nailed down. Probably I don't know. That could be just like a fun surprise on Saturday. Just oh. Yeah, we didn't sign that one form in triplicate. There is still going to be a mentalist in the green room uh, as if four hosts wasn't enough. <sighs> yeah. Uh, yeah. There well, be so many people. So many people just wandering around. At least it'll be a full show. It'll be nice to hear Netta performing again, uh, mm-hmm. especially now that she has a couple of follow-up singles to Toy. Yeah, I was surprised that uh, Bossa Sababa was not the new track that she's performing. Yeah, uh, she performed it at... At least one national final. It's actually doing kind of okay on the U.S. charts, which was kind of surprising to me. uh, She is currently sitting at number three on the Dance Club Songs chart. Uh, That is the one that Toy reached number one uh, over the summer. And that one is one that's kind of driven by surveys of DJs to determine the ranking. But what's really interesting is she's also sitting at number 29 on the Hot Dance Electronic Songs chart, and that one's actually driven by sales data and streaming data. So um, she's got an audience here in the U.S. That that is the one that I don't get to put an asterisk next to. Right, exactly. So keeping an eye on that one, because it's on the rise. Like uh, The song as a single's only been... Like I'm, I'm not entirely sure how this part of the Billboard charts works, but it's only been about three or four weeks uh, that she's been making her climb. But 
uh, she's making moves. So okay. go Netta. Good job. Yeah. Let's see. The The big event over the weekend is another one of the pre-party events happened this time in Madrid. I liked this one a lot. And that's not just because they had like an official national stream going on, which meant that I could sit on my couch on Saturday afternoon and watch it in full without needing to like find someone's stream, illegal stream of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and they had like multi-camera had going on. cameras. Yeah. Yeah. It felt very kind of random how many songs and how much time each artist had on stage. Like, yeah, some people would just do their song and then leave. Mm-hmm. Others would would do their song and then demand that the audience sing the chorus back at them. Yeah, that was like ninety percent of them. Uh- well, yeah, and I feel like it started as like a fun thing with the first one, and then everybody else saw them and were like, oh man, I can do that too. And I was just like, okay, cool, we're gonna sing the chorus of. Uh, of this one back at them and then we're done yeah uh, it was kind yeah. of it was kind of funny toward the end uh because uh sarah hat uh representing san marino was one of the last acts to go and he said like oh my friends were doing this thing that i did in uh the netherlands and it's like oh he's mad that somebody stole his bits <laughs> <laughs> but he was one of those people that got to perform two songs like he, he yeah, opened with perform, I, didn't I didn't know, know. yeah it seemed like there were a lot of sound problems, which didn't come across on the stream, but like everybody was taking out their inner ear monitor. And uh, Serbuk from Armenia, she was looking mad. Yeah, she uh, by looking the looking real of, mad. Yeah, like she, she was walking out by the end of her song and uh, not in a fun way. Like she nope, not, le- not like like a, left yeah. the stage and um, yeah, not, not, not a great look uh, at the time. Some great performances. And it was very refreshing to see uh, just who can perform live mm-hmm. especially because i feel like we like in amsterdam we had like a few illnesses so it was nice to see okay was that them saying they had a cold or is that just how they sound yeah yeah like uh greece in particular um yeah greece sounded great i think poland was getting what was pretty interesting it's still a little difficult to tell how much was backing track how much was like pure vocal but mm-hmm. i like that they're kind of moving toward a more natural look like i, I thought they looked great on yeah. saturday and like they just weren't like completely caked and like five inches of makeup which has been one of the things that's just been making me kind of uncomfortable about their overall aesthetic but yeah they just seemed so much less plasticky they're fine yeah they're finding yeah. like a nice median point between traditional polish music and pop music mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so they're becoming more and more of a wild card for the first mm-hmm, semi-final absolutely so uh good good on them like yeah <laughs> yeah that's been one of the ones where I, every, every time i see a lot of performance i'm like hmm i'm mm-hmm. liking this more so well it's it's just a complete wild card okay so how are ticket sales going mike <sighs> okay so well, <laughs> I, I no, thought as no, much. That that was a cleansing okay, not a the ticket sales are going okay, because they're Cause kind they, of not. No, they uh, dropped like part two Beyonce style again. Yeah, there was a little bit more warning. I think it was like 36 hours instead of 18 hours. But Okay, so about as much notice as she gave us for the homecoming documentary, yes. Right, right. Um, And yeah, I was just kind of poking around on the ticket website, just being like, oh, I'm sure everything's sold out by now. And sure enough, not everything was sold out. I mean, the grand final, yes, that that is completely sold out. So no, no surprise there. But uh, looking at the other uh, big events uh, of Eurovision week, uh, semifinal one, plenty of tickets available and that's usually the case uh i uh in the last two years that i've been to eurovision i don't think semifinal one sold out uh it was still a pretty big crowd but with it being on a tuesday and at the beginning of a very long week yeah 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 like the people that are going to that one are the people who are there for the long haul it's not just like something you go to on a whim unless unless you're a local 
second semifinal also still has plenty of tickets available. And then the jury final is uh, also has some availability, a little bit more than I would have expected. Um, I thought, like, especially since the grand final sold out, like jury final is the next big ticket. But uh, yeah, those are still there. And started kind of looking at the prices, and everything's in Israeli shekel. So uh, pulled out my currency converter app, and I was really shocked at just how expensive these tickets are. So uh, how, how much would you guess a seat uh, with an obstructed view of the stage for the first semifinal? Like, what what would you guess okay, that so ticket Okay, so this is like first semifinal, like a Tuesday night, mm-hmm. not a great view. Right. And um, and for a show that is, in all likelihood, never going to sell out. Okay. If I were buying concert tickets like that, one, knowing myself, I already would have bought them by now and would not be dealing with the situation. Mm-hmm. But... Um, this is the reality we live in. Yeah. Well, and just to be clear, the obstructed view, this is just because it's the cheapest ticket that was because, listed. Because it is the, yeah. Yeah, it is the cheapest ticket. Um, I'm going to go for like arena show level prices and say I'm going to pay like $150. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you were actually pretty close. It was 140 Now, the reason why this seems kind of outrageous to me, uh, mm-hmm. which I guess it's not so outrageous for you. Well, well, no, is, I, I'm, I'm yeah. expecting, well, I was just thinking, okay. Uh, I'm just thinking every time I've looked at like a legacy act coming through Boston playing with TD Garden and going, you want me to pay how much to see Elton John and not even be on the floor? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. That 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 is the correct attitude that I was looking for. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's $140 or like 500 shekels. Okay. Now, for comparison's sake, in Kiev, for standing on the floor in the fan zone area, which really is the best place to be, uh, in my opinion, mm-hmm. it was $50. What? Uh, in Lisbon, sixty dollars per ticket, and this those is after are, and this is after conversion. Those are reasonable prices. Yes, yeah, and like going into other comparisons, like in semifinal two in Kiev, we did have actual seats for that semifinal. Mm-hmm. It was eighty dollars per, so okay. still like significantly less than the one forty, and it was not an obstructed view either. Mm-hmm. And then for the grand final, let's see, this year an obstructed view was eight hundred fifty shekels, so that's going to be running about two hundred some dollars okay. uh, and this this is like per ticket for kiev and lisbon we spent less than 500 for yeah like, like those are total those are like the prices my friend was discussing for seeing like a k-pop band at a gigantic arena in new jersey they're going to have to be very selective in their camera angles particularly for the first semifinal because it's going to look empty if mm-hmm. these are the prices like leading up to the show and it's just like if you're not already planning on going to the event, I don't know what you're going to do because there's like there aren't any hotels. So yeah, there aren't hotels. It's kind of a mess. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean, kind if of a mess on the logistical end. Yeah, I mean, if you're wondering like why so many blogs are now offering all of these contests for tickets, like, uh, it's because uh, they want to get rid of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, <laughs> and by them, I mean the the people running the Eurovision Song Contest. Good luck with that. Like, yeah, I uh, yeah. These prices are ridiculous. That is this week in news. This week in songs. So we are midway through the second semifinal, and we are in our second set of six songs. And those songs this week are Denmark, Sweden, Austria, Croatia, Malta, and Lithuania. Kicking that off, we have Denmark and Leonora with Love is Forever. Love is forever. Love is forever and everyone. Just a taste of love, a taste of what could actually rule both me and you. 
and some fun facts about this one. Denmark does the Dansk Melody Grand Prix. She won that uh, after getting to the Super Final with two other acts. Leonora is a former figure skater, uh, and a thing I did not know before our episode this week is that the song was co-written by one of the writers behind Only Teardrops. What are your thoughts on this one, Mike? How has this one sat with you now that we are deeper and about a month away? The more I listen to it, the more I'm put off by it. For me, every lyric just feels like a caption to a Minions meme. Oh, wow. That's 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 very spot on. Yeah, it's it, it, it just kind of triggers this just this response of like the reductiveness of cancel culture. Mm-hmm. And just being like, oh, stop fighting, everybody. Just, like, try to get along. Just, like, love is the answer to everything. It's just like, there's more nuance here. And mm-hmm. it just goes back to, like, I think what I said originally, where it's like, Denmark, read the room. Mm-hmm. It also doesn't help that someone on Twitter a couple weeks ago pointed out that you could sing the chorus of the song, replacing the words with Hatred Moon Sugra. And- <laughs> oh, man. Thank, thank you for putting that idea in my brain, because yep, that's what I'm going to yeah. do from now on. Yeah, so I think you could kind of see where my loyalties lie on yeah. that one. Oh, yeah, uh, no, what- yeah. Uh, so I keep hearing air quotes around the line, uh, don't get too political, but but in kind of like a smarmy sense that mm-hmm. that I don't like. Uh, and I t- I'm totally on board with, yeah, like this, this is, this is, the lyrics are the sort of things that you stick on top of like a picture of a sunset on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, or like Grumpy from the Seven Dwarves. Yeah, like just, just with his th- arms folded. Like <laughs> and, yeah. Just things that your parents post on Facebook. Exactly. Um, because they don't understand how memes work. The thing that makes me that makes me less, I, I don't want to say worried about this one, but that also feels a, a, a knock against its favor is that listening to the performances at the pre-parties, the vocal quality has kind of been all over the board on like the higher notes that you need to be hitting. Mm-hmm. Granted, like we we said earlier that there were like audio issues at this event, but like she was very very quiet during yeah, like, like, the yeah, first third she of the did song. Not sound great at Madrid. And, yeah, I'm. I'm. It sounds like they're keeping the same staging they from are, the national yeah, final, they, yeah. which yeah. um, which I think might work in its favor because it is one of the stagings that they had where it's building up. I think as far as that goes, that's that is a smart idea, and I liked their staging. Like it had it had like a simplicity and a sweetness that felt like it fit the song, even though the song has kind of soured for me. Mm-hmm. I had an idea for staging that, you know, I, I have no contacts in the industry. This is not going to get through to anybody's people. Uh, but, and honestly, this is probably for me watching way too much Twilight Zone lately mm-hmm. uh, because there's a revival and I've been watching the classic series while reading uh, a book. It doesn't matter. Uh, but I just picture this playing in sort of like a weird dystopian time enough at last setting where the nuclear bomb has dropped and we are in the fallout like i I just want like rubble on stage uh kind of bombed out i don't know how you would do that and how you would then immediately clean it up for the next act that's performing yeah uh Who's going before her? Maybe, oh, wait, no, it'd be Romania. I don't yeah. expect there to be like a nuclear bomb as part of her uh, performance, but you never know. You like, never know. <laughs> things will get spooky, but yeah. Oh, that that is interesting. Yeah, like this does sort of like something that we'd be playing in like the background of like Fallout or yes. something. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that is exactly the the reference I was going for. Something kind of Fallouty. Yeah, just something kind of post apocalyptic to, to kind of play a, against the the aggressive cheeriness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, was, which again goes back to oh, just like set the lyrics of Hatred Moon Sigra to like this chipper melody, and this this is one where I feel like I want to like it more, but it's it's just yeah, like you said, there's just like a smarm to it. Yeah, there's a smarm, just... and I just like the phrase aggressive cheeriness. 
Mm-hmm. Next on our tour of Scandinavia is Sweden and John Lundvik's Too Late for Love. So a little history about John Lundvik. Uh, he finished third in Melfest in 2018 and uh, came back this year and swept the jury uh, as well as winning the public vote at this year's contest. So he was the bona fide winner uh, of Sweden's Melfest this year. He also wrote UK's entry this year. So that's an interesting circumstance to be in. So uh, doubling his odds of being a possible Eurovision winner. And uh, he is also a former track star. Uh, his 100-meter personal record is 1084. He's fast. Yeah. Uh, so, um, Ben, you're pretty big on Melfest. And we, we talked about Melfest pretty extensively, even had that bonus episode. So mm-hmm. has your opinion of this changed since we last spoke about it? That's an interesting question because it it kind of has, but also hasn't. Looking at this song in the placement of of the semifinal and just sort of the feel as a whole i still think it was the right choice for sweden of what got into the final i think that there is a lot to like about this one but i also feel like there are better songs in the in the field i feel like this will do well in this semifinal i think that i know he can deliver a strong performance even though i think the the final recorded version is maybe a little bit too cleaned up for my liking Mm. from a vocal standpoint he's very strong and I've liked what they've done with the the staging and kind of the gospeliness of this. That's kind of building off of what Osprey did last year. Mm-hmm. But also, I'm just like, yeah, this is this is just going to be in in like the whole field. Uh, like I, I see this easily getting through of of the songs in the second semifinal. But I think in the larger field, it's going to do just okay, and I think that's fine. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you that I think this was the correct entry to come out of Sweden's process. This is one where, when we were talking about the karaoke album last week, uh, I had mentioned that there were some songs where my opinion has changed Mm -hmm. uh, since listening to those tracks. And this is one where it has changed for the better. Because if you listen to the karaoke version, the backing track of this song is very minimal. And it really highlights how much of a vocal performance this song is Mm -hmm. and just how strong that vocal performance is. And and I'm liking this song more as a pop song, but I'm not sure how I feel about it as a Eurovision entry, if that makes sense. Like I I, I think it works well like as like a radio single and like something that'll pop up on Spotify every now and then. But okay. I'm not like just in terms of the staging and just having it kind of pop in a way that doesn't fall into that like love, love, peace, peace place. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what they're going to be able to do with that. And you were giving your critique. You mentioned that this is like a refined version of what Austria did last year. It's still a version of what Austria did last year. So I'm I'm kind of curious how that's going to end up playing uh, for people who were watching last year. Yeah. And so just thinking, uh, and so I sort of said that I think that this one is going to be, is going to qualify out of this, but like in the larger mm-hmm. field, it might just kind of end up in the middle. Like one factor that I think might help that is John Lundvik also wrote the UK's entry, which feels very much in the same vein. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if they are in a, are kind of accidentally splitting the vote on their song. I mean, the uh, UK mm-hmm. is still the UK, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is that. I think I think also the performances are going to be different enough 
I, I I think he gives a convincing performance of this song where uh, not not to tip my hand about the UK, but uh, I'm there's an authenticity issue with the other with the UK's mm-hmm. entry that like I think I think Sweden has the upper hand there. Yeah, so, they they have the upper hand, and like he wrote that song, and like every time I hear it, I do kind of think about what would this sound like with John Lundvik singing this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think on the whole, this song is the superior song of the two. So mm-hmm. I think he made a good choice for what he sent to Milfest. So <laughs> was, yeah, yeah, like if I remember correctly, he was talking about things like yeah, like we want to do an up tempo number for Melfest, so we sent we sent uh, bigger than us to the to the UK of the two. So like we could have had a swap. Oh yeah, we yeah, could have had we could have had John Lundvik singing uh, bigger than us. Mm-hmm. Usually, I am a big cheerleader for for the Nordic nations because of somebody who wants to go to Eurovision, but is also lazy. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> uh, those countries are very close to me. Uh, it, it requires less logistical planning. And even though I love logistical planning, uh, it, it is just easier to to think about what the path to visiting a nation running that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, like this year is like one of the first years. I'm like, yeah, no, this can this... This can come somewhere in like the top 10 to 15 and I'd be fine with it. I think it'll probably do better than that. But oh, yeah, same. Just kind of le- le- leaving sh- Sweden on like a shoulder shrug. Yeah. Yeah. Eh. Sweet, sweet, Sweden's going to Sweden. Yeah. Like this, they, is, they, this is Sweden that I like. They're very good at what they so. do. Yes. Okay. So we, we had sort of talked about how Sweden is kind of knocking off what Austria did last year. So let's talk about what Austria is doing this year. They are sending Panda, who is singing Limits. Yeah, I'm talking about you. So Panda is an established artist in Austria. She has two albums, Evolution 1 and Evolution 2. Uh, and the song is about pushing herself to exhaustion with music, which I had not realized that beforehand. That does help put the lyrics in perspective. Mm-hmm. The thing that gets me about this song is that I think part of that whole thinking about exhaustion and limits is that she's singing it at sort of a higher part of her vocal range to kind of illustrate that. But I really dislike that she's singing in like that upper kind of head part of her range that yeah. she can't quite hit. And like, it just rubs me the wrong way. I appreciate this song. And mm-hmm. I know that like 14 year old Mike would have probably included this on a bunch of mixtapes and mix CDs with like Sarah McLaughlin and Tori Amos and artists of that nature. And we just would have been all over this, but yeah, Mike of today, um, I just don't see how this is going to work as a Eurovision entry. Oh like, yeah. Like, and yeah, like what you were saying about the like upper, upper, upper register that she's singing in, like that was that was a real struggle at Eurovision in concert. And it, it sounded like she was trying to adjust halfway through when she realized like, oh, the crowd's really not responding to this. And I think it also was just like she may have like kicked off a little too high and mm-hmm. she's like, oh, I got to bring this down and like kind of bring it more into like a chest level. And, yeah, like I would love to hear yeah. the version of this song that's sung in a range that she can sing for the three minutes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but or at least have variety mm-hmm. in range in that three minutes because that's the other thing it's like it's in that upper upper register the entire time yeah and I, it's well i think about songs where the the artist kind of sings in a range where they can't fully hit it to to hit to illustrate a point but it's never for the full song mm-hmm. this does kind of remind me of what portugal was trying to do last year with uh Ujardim, mm-hmm. which was a song i really really liked i think that one might have been served better if it wasn't sung in that like super super low register the entire song like mm-hmm. there's like a little bit more like peak and valley going on so yeah if if there could be an entry next year that is like the happy medium between ujardim and limits mm-hmm. um 
I will be very happy. Like, I will love that entry, but well, yeah, and yeah, like these two extremes are just not, mm-hmm. not quite so, working. So thinking of, of how they're going to stage this, I had an idea. Mm-hmm. I feel like I, I did that with Denmark too, but this is a little less out there than that one. And like the music video for this song is very simple. It is essentially just one long zoom. Mm-hmm. I am terrified they're going to try and do that there. I'm not sure it will, it will work on the Eurovision stage. Uh, but like one thing that occurred to me is I would be interested to see what would happen if they staged this where they they essentially stage it like Sinead O'Connor, nothing compares to you style, where it is one unbroken shot of her face. Hmm. Oh wow. That would be that would be tough. To yeah, do. it would be it would be tough to do. But I yeah. think it would help give this a little bit more power. I can see that. Yeah, un- unfortunately, I read an article that said that uh, her sister is going to be joining her on stage and perhaps like as a backing singer. But if, if they're trying to include her in the performance, then yeah, just the solid one shot. I, I don't think it's going it's not to gonna work. work. Yeah. And it, man, that would be such a risk for live TV, too. Yeah. Oof. But hmm. but I think this song needs a risk if if it's going to get through. Yeah, or at least something that's going to defy expectations. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I'm not I'm not sure what Austria can do at this point because it, it just seems like the song is just not resonating with the fandom, and unless it's a rock solid performance, like I don't even know what a rock solid performance is because even the studio track is like contains the same issues because it's like yeah it's the upper register for three minutes so i don't know yeah like i i respect austria for for taking a risk with this one but i think it's mm-hmm. a risk that's not paying off yeah yeah which is unfortunate sorry austria mm-hmm. <laughs> just like we're a, just gonna apologize just to like a super country. cut of us apologizing to every country yep <laughs> speaking of croatia is sending roko blazovic with the song the dream So Roko won Dora, uh, which was Croatia's selection process uh, before they took their hiatus, and they brought it back this year. The song was co-written by Jacques Hudek, who represented Croatia in 2017. Uh, He was also the runner-up of the last edition of Dora. So nice little full-circle-ness going on there. Uh, Roko comes from a family of musicians, and uh, he's done really well on various Croatian singing competitions. He's been referred to as the Croatian Michael Buble, uh, which is kind of funny because Michael Buble is of Croatian descent. Because Michael Buble is the Croatian Michael Buble. Yeah, so so there's that. Yeah, what what, what do you think of this song? I feel like we kind of glossed over it the last time. Yeah, we kind of glossed over it last time, which which I think is in its favor because, like, I've sat with it more and, like... Mm -hmm. I keep coming back to this one and like it's kind of grown on me now that we have like a studio version and I've listened to him sing it live and it turns out he can sing it live very well. Mm-hmm. I am concerned about the staging because just thinking about past Croatian performances, I don't think they know subtlety. <laughs> uh, and like I did, I did do a quick little Google Translate check before this and there is a word for subtle in the Croatian language. Uh, but the video for this one is not subtle at all. Because it is like half him performing the song kind of Phantom of the Opera style in mm-hmm. in like a bunch of fog uh, in like a like a, a caverny space. And then also just footage of bombs. Yeah. 
Yeah, and like with the Phantom of the Opera stuff, it's really weird because they show him like playing a piano. And there's no there's, piano in the song. Yeah, so oh. um, not not really sure what's what's going on there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. Like, I really like his voice, mm-hmm. and he just has a gravitas on stage. One thing I almost wish they had done. Because the song is like mostly in English, and then it has that that verse at the end that's in the Croatian, the, or not the verse, the chorus. Mm-hmm. And I wish the song was like mostly in Croatian with like an English chorus at the end. Oh, that would make sense. Yeah, because yeah. like I oh. really like the portion where he's not singing in English. The thought that I had of like what I wish would happen mm-hmm. would be that he and Sergei Lazarev would swap songs. Like I th- I think if he did a cover of Scream, that would be phenomenal, or at least. Kind of in the lack of subtlety realm that, that I think that, that Croatia <laughs> yeah. goes to so often. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I, I think he could sell the sort of histrionics of that <laughs> of that song. And uh, granted, that's not going to happen. I mean, there may be a uh, like video of him at like the fan village or something uh, doing a cover of it. But yeah, like I, I just I really like his voice. I just wish that this wasn't the song that was the delivery mechanism for it. Like I, I, I think he deserves a song with I don't even know if it's like a lyrics thing or there's just like kind of a goofy earnestness about it yeah like, yeah. Eh, yeah well yeah I like mean, i i have hmm. even come around on like the the original staging of this where he's like dressed the teen angel in, like a high school production of greece mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and like i almost <laughs> want that but but yeah like the the white leather biker jacket plus like the big victoria's secret angel wings just it's a look it's, yeah. a, it's a look and like <laughs> because he's just sort of singing with so much gravitas you kind of forget for like a few minutes that yeah he's dressed like he's dressed like this yeah yeah and also like his look kind of reminds me of like a late 90s cd-rom adventure game where you have to pick like either a fighter a rogue or wizard and then yes. you like assign points like he looks like kind of the default character skin for that oh yeah <laughs> so no, yeah like, no he totally uh, looks like if, if if you had a bunch of sliders and you clicked randomize that that might pop up exactly yeah i mean it's just i i could see the juries maybe responding to this one like if they if, if if they're looking at technique, I think he's got that on lock. Mm-hmm. If they're focusing more on the song's content, I think that's where he's going to get into a little bit of trouble. And it's not it's not his fault. It's just like it's the song mm-hmm. um, and he's the delivery mechanism for well, it. Well, yeah, yeah. The, the, the English lyrics are a bit, for, for lack of a better term, schmoopy. <laughs> um they're 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 a little kind of overly sweet and kind mm-hmm. of love love peace peace yeah uh and again i feel like if they were in croatian we wouldn't be noticing that as much but my ears are in english right, right. i i would like to see this one sneak through because the vocal performance is very good yeah i think i'm kind of i think i'm kind of in the same boat yeah, yeah. is is, is um, that initially i was very much this is ridiculous no thank you croatia but now i'm just like no mm-hmm. i like this, this is- yeah which it's kind of their game plan. Like, yeah, that's, like, that's, that's exactly what Jacques Houdek did That is what Jacques Houdek did, is, yeah. is that by the end, it's like, okay, cool, I get it now. Yeah, and they know how to use that LED screen, and mm-hmm. they're going to have they're gonna have them at their disposal. Please take so. something, like, slightly less, I, just, like, something that's, like, whatever the next step down from bombs is in terms of disturbing footage. Yeah, yeah. Well, just, like, <laughs> just, like, can we not, like, go at, go at it at, like, a 13? Can we bring it down to a 7? Yeah. Michela. Up next is Malta and Michaela uh, and Chameleon. Yeah, 
Michaela won Malta's X Factor this year, which is why which is why I had the announcer footage in my head. One of the songwriters has written for Ashley Tisdale, the Jonas Brothers, and Miklos Josephs Megusta. Per Wikipedia, although citation needed, uh, the song has received quite positive reviews from music critics and experienced journalists. Please show your work. But so just that, well, actually, no, I will hand this over to you. What are your thoughts on this song, Mike? Because I feel like you had a lot of them. Okay, so I've calmed down okay. since we last spoke about this one. In fairness, like we had about 45 minutes between when that song dropped and when we recorded. <laughs> we had uh, to talk about it. My, my reaction to it. So as much as I hate the, the concept of reaction vid, that is about as close as I'm going to get to mm-hmm. a reaction that, that, vid. That is about as close uh, as we get here at the year yeah, or what. I am still not fully on board with this song. It, it's... I, I feel like Malta has kind of painted themselves into a weird corner, and I'm not sure why they did that to themselves. So, like, the pacing of the song, mm-hmm. like, just, just the tempo of it, it feels like a uh, sort of like a performance from, like, week one of Dancing with the Stars when it's a celebrity who, like, cannot dance. So they just have them doing, like, one, two, three, one, two, three across the floor, and you can, like, see them counting their steps and all of that. And mm-hmm. it's just kind of plotting along that way and it just makes me wonder how this is going to be staged because the tempo is not really at a beat that like lends itself to like (laughs) a dance heavy performance right but it's also like she can't just stand there center stage so like there needs to be some sort of movement going on and like just the content of the song is really weird for somebody who's starting off their music career. Mm-hmm. Like you just want to show and now you're saying, Oh, I'm a chameleon. I can do this. I can do that. Like it, it, it's like just saying that I don't have an identity at this moment. It's like, mm, you really need to figure that out. You just won X factor. Like you, well, pick with, a lane with regard um, to the song. Like this feels like something that would come out of like one of those songwriting camps where you have like seven different Seven different songwriters, mm-hmm. all trying to fight over who's going to write the top line, who's going to write the hook. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as a result, you get like these bits and pieces that are very catchy, but as a unified whole makes no sense. Right. I feel like what disappoints me so much is like the one clip I had of of Michaela before this was her singing Shallow from A Star Is Born. Mm-hmm. I feel like last week we had to like slog through like six, like six various ballads that we were all mm-hmm. kind of lukewarm about. This is this is like the one time where I want a ballad from this person, from this artist, because she had some really, really great qualities to her voice on on the various peaks and valleys of Shallow that I feel would be better served by slower material. And like this just ends up sounding like a filler track that's like two thirds of the way down in like an auto generated Spotify playlist. Yeah. And just going to the whole peaks and valleys thing, this song doesn't have that. It doesn't it, have it any. Just, yeah. It just stays at this like at I think in the last episode i said it just goes to a three maybe a four Mm -hmm. and then just doesn't leave there yeah there are like a few nice moments in the chorus towards the end where she's like really belting it out but that's about it is that too little too late is the thing i mean it's just like are people i mean i suppose there's the theory that it's like oh if people just remember the last 30 seconds of the song that's all that matters and that's what's going to get them to pick up the phone but if they've already like checked off someone in the first 30 seconds then i know this one is pretty popular with the fandom but I think this is going to come down to what the performance is going to be like, because mm-hmm. I, I just I have no idea what they're going to do. Yeah. And like this is this is the the smallest of nits to pick. Uh, but when I hear Kama Chameleon, I think of a different song. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And like if you're going to do that, you need to be better than the song it reminds me of. 
Right. I want Malta to do well. Yeah, I, doing I want so the well for a Malta. while. Yeah. yeah. As uh, I have said on the program before, Tyra yelling at Tiffany.gif. Yeah. Malta, don't you know that you're beautiful? You're a pack of wolves with a heart of gold. Speaking of groups of animals, the last one we're talking about today is Lithuania and Urius with Run With The Lions. Cause we got a love that can't be caged. We got a love that can't be caged. Come on, come on, let your feelings down. Come on, come on, get your freedom now. Run wild. Run with the lions. Okay, so when we last talked about this one, Ben, you were pitching your uh, ABC drama pilot that would use this as a theme song. Mm-hmm. And I've been thinking about it, have a couple of notes, just kind of want to see what you think. Instead of the main ABC network, moving it over to Freeform. Okay, I'm on board, uh, yes. Yeah. And rather than it being about a family, having it be about a high school track team. And their oh. mascot is the lion. Is a lion, yes. Yeah, yeah. Just make it that much more literal. Okay. Can, Stuff happens. Can I don't the main know, coach so. character's last name be Lions, but with a Y, just so that it really hammers the point home? That would be good. Okay. So, like Lions, Cubs, or something. Yeah, something. Yeah, yeah something like that. We'll we'll talk off air. Uh, yeah, we, yeah. We, we, we can put together a spec yeah. for this. There we go. Yes. All right. Back back to the task at hand. Urius won the Lithuania Marathon. He, he, he ran with the Lions all the way to the end, and uh, he won the jury and the televote. He uh, has had previous Eurovision and national final experience. Uh, he was part of the backing singers for Lithuania's 2015 performance, mm-hmm. uh, the one where everybody started making out on stage. Oh, yeah. Like, you, you had put yeah. team makeup session in the notes. I'm like, I do not recall that from 2015. And I went back to the video, and yes. Yep. Yep. So uh, good on that. Um, and then uh, he also provided the falsetto vocal that uh, Lolita Zero, who competed in the Lithuanian Marathon in 2017, uh, was lip syncing to as she was smashing watermelons with her elbow. Yay. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go need to look that video up because all of those words were somehow a sentence together. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, no, it, it totally makes sense in context. But I, yeah, um, <laughs> I hope so. So, yeah, I mean, he's 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 got a pretty good vocal range, uh, which is, I, I think, is showcased here in this song. And, yeah, what, what do you think about this entry? So I watched this one live at, at Madrid this weekend, and I did not think the vocal was, was super great on the high end, mm-hmm. uh, which is not great because this song does that a lot. Yeah, I don't know. Like this one keeps ending up at the bottom of my rankings for semifinal two, and not necessarily because it's a bad song, mm-hmm. but because when I compare it to other songs, it is blander, and I want the more interesting things. Yeah, yeah, I think that's where I've landed as well. Like my my note is there's nothing objectively bad about the song. Uh, I mean, the lyrics can be a little trite, but mm-hmm. um, but I mean, as, as a Eurovision song, that's kind of par for the yeah, course. Yeah, like you pick your marathon, your, your marathon, you pick your metaphor yeah. and you stick to it. Yeah, this song is really beige. It's and yeah. I still feel like it could do okay. Like, and I and I don't know why. Like, I I feel like that that's Lithuania's secret sauce like they could just take a song that is kind of beige but somehow they're able to do something with it that gives it enough oomph to at least qualify okay. I, I don't know I, I don't know what they're gonna do yeah. with it this year though because they've said that they're gonna keep a lot of the same staging from what they did at the national final and i thought that that was beige staging whereas mm-hmm. like last year they surprised us but they also changed up the staging to make it really really poignant Right. And I don't think there's really anything that's going to make this song poignant. Uh, which, no, like you can't just have yeah. like a loved one come out on stage at the end of this one to, to make it all better. Yeah. Unless they're being chased by a lion. Yeah. Unless they're, be, unless, you know, yeah. Like, <laughs> please release an actual lion yeah. on stage. <laughs> well, oh, wait, 
sorry no no live animals i forgot about that rule. no so, uh, okay oh, someone in yeah. a lion costume <laughs> i don't think that the marathon format works for entries that i like from lithuania okay because just thinking through like the last few years because like last year's entry i i thought the way that they staged it was very powerful but overall i had been kind of lukewarm on that song mm-hmm. uh I, well actually no donnie martell like got through a couple times and that worked out yeah but i but that was I, I i don't know like i'm not sure it's producing the the best entries with the best chances yeah or at, at least they're not producing like entries that make you think oh this could be a eurovision winner but it it does like they do well enough mm-hmm. for the most part yeah and like i think back to like reign of revolution from 2017 and yeah i think that one is an understated classic but we don't need to get into yeah, that like, like, <laughs> so like <laughs> i feel like that one had much more going on for it though like there was there was a lot of that song and there is not as much of of this one right yeah and and if it's really kind of striking at the madrid performance where it's just like it starts right away and like he got kind of kicked off quietly like the like the microphone wasn't ready for him at that point so mm-hmm. like he was starting but the performance hadn't started if that makes sense mm-hmm. so yeah like it, it's it's walking a very tight rope and I, I feel like they're just making their jobs more difficult than it needs to be mm-hmm. So yeah, that was another six songs that we talked about. <laughs> Those in the second certainly semifinal. were six songs, and yeah, there were six so, of them. Yeah. So, what are your thoughts about the twelve that we've talked about so far? Ooh, the twelve. Okay, so this batch. Yeah, like this has been such an interesting batch. Like the second semifinal. Wow, I did not picture that one shaking out the way it did so far. Mm-hmm. I have songs that I think are going to go through, like Sweden. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have songs that I would like to see go through like Croatia and like that one's grown on me and that's been a very pleasant surprise yeah I mean for me we've talked about 12 we're talking about six more next week there are a lot of songs that should be very lucky that they are in this semifinal I think because if they were in semifinal one we would not be talking about them right well and that's the thing I mean it's just like just by the power of math of the 12 that we've talked about so far at least four of them are getting through like yeah okay so I just pulled up I pulled up the full list of 12 because I could not recall all the songs we talked about last week which is bad for those songs Right. Like, I, I could not recall the six that we were talking about this evening. Uh, yeah. Like, f- right before we were recording, I had to pull up my notes. Yeah. But, yeah. Like, I think Sweden is a lock for one of those spots. Switzerland. Switzerland despite, is getting through, yeah. even though I do not like the song. Right. Uh, Armenia. Armenia, I think. Yeah, maybe? I think Armenia is strong enough to get through. Yeah, but uh, then, like, Romania, the number four I think spot. It's not going to deal with the, the problem they did last year of coming in 11th. Yeah, but I don't know if it's going to qualify. Like, like I, I feel like at least the number four spot. It's anybody's guess who that's going to go to. Like, one of these 12 songs is going to get that number four spot. Yeah. And I don't feel like Romania has a lock on it. I, I don't feel like anybody has a lock on it. Yeah. And this is just such a weird semifinal. Yeah. As we got all these songs listed, and that, again, part of that is just getting the getting all of them together, like, did not see this happening. Mm-hmm. And, like, wow, the, the process of sort of scheduling which song goes when for this semifinal I, I do not envy the the people who had to do that with some of these. And it's weird that it's kind of mirroring the structure of the first semifinal, where it's like, oh, it's just backloaded. Yeah, it's, so yeah, much. it's just like, like well, uh, there are these 12 songs and then six bangers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oof. Yeah, yeah, spoilers for next week. Uh, but yeah, yeah like, all, all of the good <laughs> ones are there. All right. That's going to do it for this episode of the Eurowhat. Thanks for listening. 
The You Are What podcast is hosted by Mike McComb, that's me, and Ben Smith. That's me. You can find us on our website at youarewhat.com and on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at youarewhat. We'd love to hear your questions and comments. You can subscribe to the You Are What on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or the podcast app of your choice. Rating and reviewing the podcast when you subscribe also helps other Eurovision fans find us. We'll be back next week to try to make sense of what's new in Eurovision. 